Welcome, everybody, to episode 30 of Stupid or Irresponsible. I am Justin Shelley, CEO of Master Computing. I'm Joe Milo, CIO of Master Computing. Joe, uh, I think you were prepping for this question, and you know what's coming. What's, what's <laughs> the uh, most interesting thing that's happened to you this past week? Well, I wouldn't call it interesting. We're in wedding season, so that's kind of Ooh. been uh, my whole life lately. So every weekend's going to another wedding. I got another one today. That was another one last weekend. Dang. I'm telling you. Yuck. <laughs> so you, you had a lot of single friends i'm taking it yeah well <laughs> specifically the old lady uh she's got okay they're all on the other side so yeah yeah, yeah. fun stuff none of these weddings are yours i trust no no <laughs> wood. Uh, well soon enough soon enough you know yeah, yeah. Probably listen. oh yeah do you have an announcement that you want to make publicly jesus christ never mind let's move on <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in your world man uh I'm trying to think. Did I talk about my tree yet? Your tree? Yeah. No, I hadn't heard about this tree. So we've got this tree. We live in a neighborhood, and I'll be honest, it's not the most, uh, it's not the fanciest neighborhood in the world. And so when they built these houses 20 years ago, they just put in these garbage trees that grow fast, Yeah. but they're not a healthy tree. They're not, I don't know. I'm not, uh, I know nothing about <laughs> not plants. Arbologist. Ar- whatever the hell yeah, that yeah, word is. See, I don't even know the word for it. Yeah. So it's not me. Um, but, Maybe it was because of the the ice apocalypse. I don't know, but all of these trees in our neighborhood died. Oh no! Well, when I say died, the branches didn't come back this year with new growth on them. However, so they're just these things are probably thirty feet tall, and there's just dead branches all the way to the top. But these new little offshoot branches have been spiking out of the trunk all over the place okay so you've got this big ass tall dead tree with (laughs) green and it almost looks like the like like it's a different plant coming out of it or something i don't know they're hideous these things are horrible and so we had that sucker knocked down all right and chopped up and thrown away did uh now did you do this yourself or did you hire somebody oh i definitely hired somebody oh see I always wanted to get one of those big industrial chippers, those wood yeah. chippers. Oh, yeah. I really want to just, I don't know. There's something there about that innate in me. Chip that, that thing to, up, huh? Yeah, I want to throw some branches in that thing. I mean, that'd be fine, but what I don't want to do is climb my ass oh. up to the top of the tree yeah. with a chainsaw strapped to my side, which is what they do, and it's just not me. That is never <laughs> happening, never in my life am I going to do that. So definitely hired it. And then um, one step further, I hired our client – Fannin Tree Farm, a little plug for Fannin, to come out and grind the stump down and put in a brand new tree. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so that'll happen here in, in about a month, I think they said. Right. So. What kind of tree you getting? Yeah, you would ask me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, I mean, if you could have said... <laughs> a Douglas tree, fir. Oh, so great, yeah. Uh, that's only because I know that name. It's an oak. No, I, I have no idea. My wife knows. She picked it out. Um, hey, there you go. And it, I know it's going to be delivered in about a month. And I know that the color of the flower is going to be watermelon. 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 What color is that? Is pink. it green? Or no, that's orange pink. Or? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't call it pink. They call sure. it watermelon. Yeah. There was red, white, watermelon, and lavender. Oh. I like lavender just because the name sounds kind of cool. I don't know. Magnolia tree, perhaps? It's no, it's a. It's a. I could look it up. I don't care. But uh, yeah. So. <laughs> it's a cool. Awesome. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's that's yeah. new in our world. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take an awkward transition from that. Well, what's new in the world of computers? What's new in the world and of security? Yeah, go with some updates, Joe. <laughs> what do you have for us? Yeah, uh, Print Nightmare. We talked about a little We've bit. We've talked about week. that a lot. Yeah. Print nightmare. It's been a monster. It's been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare. 
<laughs> so moving on to uh, this last week. So catch everybody up. Uh, Windows has these gigantic vulnerabilities. Uh, they've been in existence for all Windows computers. Uh, basically, uh, they're allowing unsigned print drivers or, you know, Things that tell your printer or your computer how to print, um, and they give full authorization, full admin per, uh, kernel permissions um, to install these drivers, and so it basically allows anybody in the outside world that knows how to hack that to hack it, breach your network, uh, breach at least that um, whatever device is running the print spooler, which is every Windows computer, unless you turn it off, in which case you can't print anymore. Uh, you cannot print with the spooler not running. Correct. Okay. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so anyway, so last week they did some out-of-bound updates. Uh, they released last week. Uh, it fixes the remote code execution, but however, uh, Windows computers still vulnerable to local privilege executions. So same vulnerability, they just blocked it from the outside world. If they're inside the world, inside the network, or if they've got remote access already from another means, they can utilize this to do the same thing. Uh, when they press Microsoft about this, uh, their bulletin referring to the registry settings, it's, uh, it's set to default to enable this. Uh, you know, with no warning, no elevation on install, set to one, it makes your system vulnerable by design. This is Microsoft's. By design? Microsoft what was their thought? Microsoft tells you they shit Windows computers, uh, Windows operating system out, and it is by default vulnerable by design. <laughs> What a what a what? comment. That's a quote from Microsoft. That's a, a direct quote. Having no warning, no elevation on install set to one, which is basically turning, you know, uh, allowing or turning this on, makes your system vulnerable by design, end quote. Wow. Yeah. I'm speechless. They then followed up with uh, mitigation measures, you know, how to disable your print spooler, which again, I'll mention, uh, and it notes there, if you disable print spooler, you won't be able to print. So, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Microsoft at it again. Uh, tell you what, the world we live in is, I mean, never a dull moment, right? <laughs> I will say, and I, I, I do this a lot, though. I will defend Microsoft in that writing code, writing programs that do everything yeah. for all people in all scenarios is impossible. There is no way they can do this without vulnerabilities popping up. It's, I mean, the fact that they do it at all, that, that a Windows machine can do all the things that it does, interface with all these this different equipment. Uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You know, I've, I've written code on such a small scale and I got out of it because writing a program that was secure with my limited experience was, it was beyond me yeah. when I started realizing that I was writing code that was vulnerable. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> uh, and I just got out of that world. <laughs> like I'll, I'll just sit here and beat other people up for not being secure, but it is so complicated. So, I mean, I, uh, I'll grant them that. Now, I, I don't like the way they worded that <laughs> by design. And you know that went through boardrooms and boardrooms uh, to clean up how they responded. That, that's their official blog. That post. went through lawyers yeah. and law firms. And that's what they decided on. <laughs> Vulnerable by design. Uh, Great catchphrase. Uh, I'm stealing this from another podcast that I listened to. Uh, they've been what they were trying to find the the... the the catchphrase for Windows 11, I think they found. <laughs> Vulnerable by design. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, go Microsoft. Where's Bill Gates when we need him? Yeah. Saving the world. Yeah. Some <laughs> building libraries, at least. Yeah. 
Hey, so I do want to move on to this week's uh, security tip. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so today we're talking about uh, email. It's not private. Be extremely careful. So never forget that email constitute a legal record that can be admissible in legal actions in court, not only in the courtroom, but in the court of public opinion. It's come up a lot of times in the news. Yeah. Specifically. People sue people for all kinds of silly reasons. Family members get into disputes. Couples get divorced. Consumers sue merchants and vendors. Uh, can pursue delinquent clients. So whenever a lawyer is looking for damaging evidence, one of the first things they'll ask is for an email history. And deleting them doesn't always save you. No, it Just doesn't. Just look at what happened to Hillary. So if y'all, this kind of throwback to Hillary Clinton had a, uh, a local exchange server, a mail server that she was hosting at her house. And um, she tried to wipe all the data because she can't. There are some laws that if you're in a Congress, you can't have personal email. You can't be sending email like this. And basically just, you know, making sure that our dignitaries for forward states and stuff aren't breachable, basically. You know, okay. they, you know it's a security it, it, measure. Exactly. Yeah. And so she was hosting this thing. And so she decided or told her guy to wipe the server. So he did. Unfortunately, he asked a on a Reddit thread how to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah, he was he's like, "How do I do this the right way?" Because there's all these backups and rented backups, blah blah blah. And they used one of our vendors, Datto, as a backup solution. And what he didn't know was on the back end of Datto, there are so many. Even if you delete everything, they are storing it. Oh yeah. Uh, for you know, because I'll tell you from personal experience, not everybody that deletes something and they feel like they know that they wanted to delete it, uh, knows everything that's in those, in that data. And so they want to pull that data back. And so, especially as a backup company, they want to have redundancies and fail over right. fail switches and hackers will try to delete your backups and everything. And so as a mitigation, they have a lot of other backups. Well, after they wiped it and there are traces of them wiping it, well, Dado's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> we still have everything. And so they released all the data, yada, yada. Well, so that's the thing. It, it, there are legitimate reasons that data backup companies, providers will retain backups. Absolutely. For your protection, the yeah. customer, but also for legal reasons. Yeah. They, they are required yeah. to, in, in cases like this to Precisely. be able to produce the, the data. And Precisely. so, yeah, when it was subpoenaed, of course, it's right there. Yep. And it so, was. <laughs> <laughs> so email is not also private. Or I'm sorry, email is also not private. Employers have the right to monitor employees' work email. If you email anything to a friend, uh, you have no legal right to prevent them from posting it or forwarding it. Trade secrets, etc. Yeah. So before you hit send, take a minute to make absolutely certain your email doesn't contain something you don't want public. Pretend your boss, your parent, your spouse, your religious leader, kids, yada, yada, are copied on every email you write. Better yet, pretend your worst enemy is, and then edit before you hit send. Yeah, that's that. Very that's good key. advice. There. So two, I want to make two points here. Number one, on deleting things, just assume that you can't delete anything. Yeah. Just generally speaking, uh, Snapchat. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, but it's gone as soon as you take the oh, picture yeah. and you send it to them, sure. and then it's gone. No, it doesn't show up on their phone anymore. Yeah, it's not gone. It's <laughs> still on their phone. It's still on your phone. It's still on Snapchat's servers. It's everywhere. And just, everybody that took a picture, a snap yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just just assume you can't delete stuff. Yep. It, once you document it, it's there. Yep. And that kind of flows into the second thing I want to say. My best friend's an attorney, and 
there have been times where I've emailed him a question or I've texted him a question and he picks up the phone and he calls me back. Yeah. He's like, listen, I don't want to put this in writing. <laughs> I, I mean, this is just two friends and I'm right. not even asking him legal advice. He's just, I learned this as an attorney. You do not leave a paper trail. And, and one of the stories that he cites is he has a friend who they were texting back and forth about the friend's significant other or I, I don't know, right. a, a, a relationship. Well, that person on the other end of this relationship was sitting there with the iPad. Oh, no. And so she's just watching these text wow. messages go back and forth. <laughs> He's like, that was the moment I uh, started, started following his own advice a little bit better. <laughs> so, yeah, he won't. If I, if I ask him a question that in any way, shape, or form could be damaging to anybody ever, <laughs> he won't. He just picks up the phone and calls. He's like, don't leave a paper trail. Well. Let's add a caveat there, uh, especially with work phones. A lot of these are oh, yeah. recorded. Uh, they're yeah. stored on redundant systems. Um, so, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a crazy world. There's yeah. no privacy. Anymore. That's what I was going to say. Then you just go back to assume no privacy. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll actually lead into, <laughs> unless you had anything else, no, nope. our headline. Nope. Uh, so we got a few headlines here. The top one here. Uh, oh, boy. This is fun. Microsoft and Citizen Lab have linked Israeli spyware company Kanduru, also tracked as Sorghum, to a new Windows spyware dubbed Devil's Tongue, deployed using now-patched Windows Zero Day vulnerabilities. Kanduru is a secretive Israeli-based company that sells spyware exclusively to governments. Uh, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> Citizen Lab explained in a report published uh, last week, or I guess this was a couple days ago now, uh, reportedly, their spyware can infect and monitor iPhones, Androids, Macs, PCs, and cloud accounts. Everything. Sorghum generally sells cyber, uh, cyber weapons that enable its customers, off, and often government agencies around the world, to hack into their targets' computers, phones, network infrastructure, and internet devices, Microsoft added. These agencies uh, then choose to target and run actual operations themselves. The investigation started after Citizen Labs shared malware samples from victims' systems and led to the discovery of a couple CVEs. Two zero-day vulnerabilities mixed, uh, <coughs> excuse me, fixed by Microsoft during the, uh, this month's patch on Path Tuesday. Microsoft researchers discovered at least 100 victims in Palestine, Israel, Iran, Lebanon, Yemen, Spain, UK, Turkey, Armenia, Singapore, Ding. India. They're all over the place. Victims including, uh, and here's the, 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 the big one, uh, so it's politicians, human rights activists, journalists, academics, embassy workers, political and dissidents. So these guys, uh, and I'll just just a basic under overview here. These guys are, and they used to be state funded. Now they're private entity. Uh, they they sell malware for what they design as for good people, right? Yeah, so, that's how they sell it. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> this is their marketing how, pitch. This is how the government can hack into, uh, you know, Al Qaeda's phone system, so they can figure out where the next, you know, whatever. Right. It is. Unfortunately, go figure. <laughs> uh, well, so they they had a they had a discussion. They decided, okay, you can only sell to the good guys. Uh, you can only sell this and and operate for the good guys. Unfortunately, a the good guys aren't always the good guys. Correct. And B. Top dollar buys anything, uh, and yeah. so they're finding out yeah. that a lot of their customers aren't necessarily um, the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is why you get companies like Apple that fight so hard against this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
If, yeah. Well, yeah, I, but I mean, I there, there there was a recent incident where the government was asking for that permanent backdoor into yeah. Apple's software, and they're and they're you saying know, no. and then they finally said no, never mind. You know why? Because they got it. They got this. Yeah. And uh, they're going to get it one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. But what they're finding is also that, that we've got governments that are spying on other governments, um, or even governments that are spying on their own users. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of the big ones were there was an assassination in Mexico. They tied directly to this. Oh, really? Um, and we're talking presidents. We're talking uh, all the big guys. Uh, the big one in India was a an official filed sexual harassment claims against the president. And two days later, they show up on the list here. Uh, they've got infected, all their phones. And so now the lawyers had access. Well, and all this is alleged. Let me throw that right. out there. Have access to all her communications of what, what's their defense. What's, you know. Oh, you know, they're <laughs> yeah. So they, they know all the inside details. You know, they're all that fun stuff. They're recording all they have full access to everything. And it's basically undetectable unless, you know, you, you got it and you can scrub it. Uh, and that's specifically, you know, that's exactly what Citizen Lab was doing here. Hmm. And more and more and more and more news keeps coming out every day. Uh, this is one of the Edward Snowden is making a big pitch on this. Uh, you know, he's always been active for advocacy of privacy. Right. Um, and this is, it's it's just not a good market. We shouldn't be doing this, uh, is his stance. And, you know, I agree with him. Uh, there shouldn't be a market for uh, targeted mal uh, malware for surveillance. Yeah. It's not like this. Yeah. Because it always inevitably ends up in the bad guy's hands, even. Well, like you said, who's the good guy and who's the bad exactly. guy? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah. it's. Yeah, it's no good for anybody. No, gross. Good stuff. Well, yeah. that was uh, yeah, that was a fun headline. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just gets worse. Oh, uh, <laughs> if you have a computer and got online yesterday, probably something was down. Uh, Akami, a name you've probably never heard of, they went down yesterday, causing a global outage to dozens of major websites and online services. I listed a few, but there are dozens: AWS, Google, Capital One, FedEx, UPS. Uh, U.S. Bank, LastPass, McDonald's, GoDaddy, Salesforce. If it's a big major website, it was probably down. Service, probably down. Steam, uh, PlayStation Store. When? What date was this? Yesterday. So today is Friday. I'm just. This was to... yeah Thursday, twenty third. So July twenty second. I I didn't notice. No. No. It was about an hour outage. Only for an hour. Okay. But it was worldwide. Wow. Um. Yeah, and it kind of gets interesting. The early statement, they uh, automatically, without knowing anything, they said they can't find underpin what's going on, but uh, it's edge DNS. So immediately they're blaming somebody else, not our problem. Yeah. Uh, later on, they go and track that and they say, well, we went ahead and rolled back an update uh, and it fixed it. Uh, so our official stance is there was a soft software configuration update that triggered a bug in the DNS system. Uh, DNS is... Uh, you know, it's it's how your computer talks to themselves. It's, it translates a number into exactly. a like in a, a word, physical like address. And, com yeah, from the right. IP address. Where where yeah. is it? How does it find it? And that kind of thing. Um, they also confirmed that it was not a cyber attack. It definitely was a like an update that was done in the middle. Like, you know, you say middle of the day. It's it's the middle of the day when it's worldwide anywhere. Yeah, right. Anytime. Yeah. So you got to do it. But they're. Their answer right now is they're going to go over their update strategy and uh, hopefully maybe test the bugs in a test environment before they roll them out. So who ultimately was the origin the the problem child here? Whose update broke this? Akami. Oh, that's you started with that. Yeah, 
Then it, yeah, it's a name you've probably never heard. No, of. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. they're, yeah, they're they're DNS service. Uh, so they're like a top level DNS. Though. Yeah, yeah, yep. Got it. Yep, regional and everything. So. Okay, well that was fun. Fun, but we'll move into some uh, good news here. Good. Uh, Microsoft. It is Friday after all. I'd like yeah, to go home yeah, with a smile on my face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, at least at least not a frown, right? Yeah. Right. So Inspire 2021, it's the Microsoft conference, uh, or Microsoft at this conference, <coughs> revealed they're moving and they are adapting this Windows 365 cloud-based desktop experience, running it on top of an Azure virtual desktop, and it'll be available August 2nd. What does that mean to us? I'm afraid to ask. It's uh, it's Windows as a service. This is what yeah. I've been preaching. Um, so you can just have a thin client. You have a small device, and they are running these workstations in the in the cloud. So it's basically a cloud hosted network or cloud hosted. You know, that's. I mean, we've been we've been talking about this, damn, for at least at least ten or fifteen years. They've it's been, been on my radar that hey, we should do this. Yeah. This would be a great idea. Yep. And anytime I've seen it attempted, there's all kinds of problems. Oh, with sure. It. So I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I won't even say I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I'll say from experience, we have worked with Azure virtual desktops in the past. Yeah. And they've definitely had enough time to clean up some bugs in that, excuse me, architecture. Um, and this is just kind of basically moving that, which is a very high end. It costs a lot of money to be hosting that kind of stuff. Uh, to be a more reasonable option yeah. for business solutions to have cloud infrastructure, especially with like the work from home. This is kind of what they're digging into. A lot of our workforce in America, at least, is working from home. This and the security question, how do you get them access to our local servers? There's a lot of reasons that this is a good idea. Yeah, a million and one. Yeah. And uh, so they're finally pulling the trigger, and it will be available this year in August. August 2nd is their official uh, go-live date. All right. Stay so, tuned, guys. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. They're about to get real. Toward August. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so super exciting. Um, yeah, so that's all we got. Uh, we do want to tease next week. Next week we're going to be talking about copiers. Your copier is spying on you. Okay. <laughs> More to come. We'll see. <laughs> so we can't email. Nope. It's questionable whether we can even use the phone, and now we can't even use a copy machine. <laughs> well, going back to Snowden, I think he said... how. How can you, uh, some, an interviewer asked, how do you uh, live today and know that you're not being tracked? That throw your phone away. <laughs> Even then. <laughs> Never get on a computer. Right. Well, don't drive your car. Way. Yeah. They're exactly. probably tracking. Yep. Uh, don't use your credit card, your debit card. Yep. I mean, now it's a world we live in. So it, it like everything, it comes down to mitigation. Absolutely. It comes down to knowing, you know, what, what really is going on, being aware of it and making smart decisions. Yep. You know, that's. That is the bottom line, and guys, that is what we are here to help you sort through. So let's wrap it up. Like always, uh, guys, jump on your computer that's being tracked and watched by everybody. <laughs> Type in mastercomputing.com slash discovery and uh, book a 10-minute call with me. We'll go through, talk to you about uh, what you're doing, how you're using your technology. We'll look for any any gaps, any security gaps, any productivity gaps. It takes about 10 minutes, and we can get a pretty good idea of where you're at and if there's anything we can do to help it's not always the case sometimes you just got it all figured out um, but most of the time there's something we can do to make your life a little bit better so mastercomputing.com slash discovery and uh, we'll we'll dig in we'll help you out Joe any final words 
All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.